2: I like Corbin Burns. He's gonna be a starter.
3: What about Corbin Creamerman?
4: I don't know who that is. I don't. I don't get that reference.
3: heir to the Creamerman Creamery. I
4: think Bojack was, Horseman. I think you're just making this shit up right now, or Corbin Creamery. Creamery.
3: I make Corbin. so many Bojack references, Bojack Horseman references on this pod, and I don't think either of you get them.
2: <laughs> no, I don't watch that show. Welcome to Dynasty's Child! Uh, we're not recording. We are recording.
0: Oh, well. Hosted by Patrick Magnus! Look at yourself in the
2: mirror, you're a goddamn mess.
3: Featuring Keaton DeRocher. Cut everything after he praised me. And featuring Jake Devereaux.
2: He wants everybody to know that he has a very impressive package.
3: Produced by Adam Lawler.
0: Hey, 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 you guys. Hey, everybody.
2: Start over. Yep, I try try that
3: one more time? Brought to you by the Dynasty Guru. What's a good launch angle?
4: What's a good launch angle?
3: What's a good launch angle? Yeah, what's a good launch angle? What's up, nerds? Welcome to Dynasty's Child, your flagship fantasy baseball podcast for the Dynasty Guru. With a focus on Dynasty formats, I am your fill-in host, again, Keaton DeRocher, because Patrick is feeling sick, although he is on the pod, just didn't want to do a whole lot of talking. That makes sense. We'll allow it. Um, Patrick, are you surviving? And many people have been asking us if you made it out of the bathroom okay in Japan.
4: I, I did, in fact, make it out of the bathroom okay in Japan. It was a struggle, though. And I'll tell you what. Those heated toilets. Why does, any, why does anybody even want to get out of that bathroom?
3: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, also, join. we got ourselves a full house once again. The boys are back together. Jake Devereaux. How you doing?
2: Doing great. I don't have a heated toilet, though, so now I'm feeling kind of jealous.
3: Have you ever... Ever used the a uh, heated piece with a bidet? Yep.
2: You asking me my butt?
3: Just, just everyone in general. No, that's I the haven't. dream right there. That's the throne. J-
4: Listen, Japan really has toilets, right? That's what, I mean, that's right right in Japan's alley. I am I'm a big fan of heated toilets and bidets. All right.
3: Cosine Japanese toilets. I uh, so, hey how was how were the games?
4: uh the games were freaking uh, awesome, and I have several takeaways. Um, Ramon, Ramon Liriano looked like garbage, <laughs> as is no secret to anybody that has watched him recently, <laughs> but he looked terrible um, and Stephen Pescotti's power is legit. Uh, that's something I took away. He has a bat that is more impressive than I thought. Um, that was another one. I um I spoke with an athletic scout and just about peed my pants because I was like, oh, my God, I do a Dynasty podcast, but I didn't say that out loud to him. Um, <laughs> it was pretty rad. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, he told me that they were going to put Lazardo in the rotation before this injury that we'll talk about a little later, but he was going to make the team.
3: Great. So well, you didn't tweet that out because you would have been wrong
4: mm, I didn't
3: you should just... that was your perfect opportunity to use hashtag sources
4: Oh fuck uh, can't want him below it
2: <laughs> Did you exchange information so now you can get the inside scoop on the ace
4: uh, I follow him on Twitter but he has not tweeted a single tweet once So like ever ever
3: Wow. It's a good thing he's on Twitter then. Oh, I also I also, so also met Kaz,
4: which is something we should talk about. Uh, I met Kaz, and he was freaking awesome. Um, he's a writer for our website, although I don't think he's written anything in a long time. <laughs> uh, he writes mostly about Japanese baseball, but he was a super cool, dude. Uh, really chill. Um, And he uh, takes his baseball very seriously. It was cool to sit with him for a bit and watch the game because he had his uh, stopwatch and uh, radar gun and uh, was taking notes. And it was cool to learn from him a bit about the game. Um, He's really a smart dude. Uh, I should follow him on Twitter if you don't
3: already. I agree. I got the pleasure of meeting Kaz at the uh, White Sox baseball prospectus ballpark event last year. Tremendous man. Yeah, a great baseball guy. You should definitely give him a follow. I like Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, on this show, we'll go over a whole host of injuries, a giant wave of signings. We'll talk about our uh, fantasy teams for the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, and our own Dynasty Child. Dynasty's Child Listener League, which kicked off uh, with its first season and drafts this year. We'll talk about um, our approach to both of those, some picks we liked, some reaches, just kind of things that were going on. And we'll wrap it up with some listener questions. And then next week, we will begin our top pod specs segment once again and start building up our 2019 bracket of top pod specs. So you can look forward to that on the next pod. Um, This is episode uh, 69, so that one will be episode 70. Nice. Diving into some transactions. The first one, the biggie, the big old biggie. Mike Trout signed a 12-year, $430 million extension two years before he was to become a free agent. Jake, initial thoughts on that behemoth?
2: Uh, so if if anyone can get that deal and still be underpaid, it's Mike Trout. Um, that was my first thought, is just that if he ever went to the open market, yeah, he could have gotten so much more. Um I legitimately think you could have been talking about a five hundred and fifty to six hundred million dollar deal um I was a little bumped out, bummed out because like you wanna see trout be in the playoffs deep every single year, and it's hard to see that happening with the angels uh although you know they have done a good job of rebuilding their farm system and they do try and spend money, but they're just kind of handcuffed with deals like the Pujols thing and, and, and stuff like that. And free agency just isn't what it used to be. But on the plus side, uh, Angel's fans get to keep the best player in baseball. And, um, you know, he's a super loyal, super cool guy. And uh, it is cool to see one guy be the iconic guy for that franchise for forever. Uh, and so he's pretty much going to finish up his career there. And uh, I think that's a good thing in a lot of ways. So i um, happy for the guy.
3: Patrick, your thoughts?
4: I'm pissed. I'm just super pissed. He should have been a free agent. I just come on. You deserve to be a free agent and have teams woo over you and throw you throw all sorts of crazy money. And how, we could have had a crazy offseason of people just being like, well, similar to Bryce Harper. I guess that wasn't all that cool. But mm-hmm. I I wish that he would have been a free agent. I think it would have been good for um, for the players. Uh, because now, I don't know if you've noticed, but everyone is signing a freaking extension. And um, I don't know. I I would like to see the highest bidder get the best player.
3: Yeah, I guess I was surprised that it happened two years before he became a free agent, but I think he's deserved every dollar of that that he got. So I I think it's kind of neat. I'm with Jake. I think it's neat that he's going to stay with the same team for pretty much his whole career. If I had to wager a guess, I would say... They'll probably make the playoffs eventually during that twelve years. Uh, and hopefully he can get himself a World Series. That'd be great. I think he, I think he should get one.
2: I and mean, they one. might make it this year. They they, they could they could yeah. be better than the A's
3: this year. That pitcher hey, needs to stay healthy though. Well, that's that's a problem.
4: They're not better than the A's. No one's better than the A's. Except for
2: There's a lot of teams that Astros. are better than the A's, Patrick. No. There's not. The Red Stockings. <laughs> Cleveland.
4: Yeah. By the way, I listened to this last podcast. You guys are the biggest Red Sox homers in the world. The Yankees have a better team, in my opinion, than the Red Sox this year.
3: You're an idiot. I
4: I think, and they're
3: without Severino for like two months.
4: Yeah, but they got Herman. Man, I'm all I'm all about the Yankees. Face Patrick. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm up in your face right now, guy. I'm telling you guys, I'm calling it. The Yankees are going to win the AL East.
3: I don't really think it's going out on, on a limb.
4: I don't care, Keaton. I'm just, I just want, I just listened to you. <laughs> I listened to you guys, and I wanted, I wanted to, 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 to get, get the, uh, get the truth out. Let people know we're not just Red Sox homers. Even though I hate the Yankees.
3: Did you listen to the picks? Because I don't think either of us picked the Red Sox to go to the World Series. I no. Didn't. Oh, Jake did. <laughs> <laughs> but I had them losing. Yeah, I didn't even have them in the World Series.
4: Yeah, you guys both oddly picked Washington <laughs> to win the
3: yep. World Series. <laughs> we did.
4: That <laughs> was like that was that was quite a surprise for me. Yeah, um,
2: but good on well, you. It was actually quite a surprise for us too. We did not tell each other <laughs> that we were both going to
3: pick <laughs> Washington. Yeah. So speaking of uh, homer deals, uh, Chris Sale signed a five for one forty five uh extension with the Red Sox uh I personally enjoy Chris Sale pitching on the Red Sox and I am excited that he is going to be doing that for uh, many more years to come Jake do you agree
2: yeah I'm excited about the deal um he was one of the big guys that the team needed to lock up because after this season um Sale was going to be a free agent along with Xander Bogarts and Rick Porcello um the deal is kind of interesting. It's 5 and 145 uh instead of 6 and 160 which they were talking about because they were going to try and restructure this year as well. Um but I guess with some deferrals of the money, um they're going to get the luxury tax number for the deal down to 25.6 million uh per season because if you do it out, it averages out to like uh 30 or 29 million or something like that. Um there is an opt out as well, uh, after three years. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, I like, I like the idea of locking up Chris Sale. Um, I am a little nervous that, um, you know, towards the end of the deal, it's not going to be great and he could have some durability issues, but for the next three years, I'm very confident that Chris Sale is going to perform like one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, uh, and that's really all that I care about right now. So I love it.
4: I mean, they must be pretty confident too. I think the the three um, the opt out after three years is essentially like, go ahead, man. <laughs> you know, it was kind of, which I think was kind of the idea with David Price too. You know, um, he had the opt out I think after the first two years of his contract in a seven year deal. Yep, and I think the idea was like you know okay after your age you know 33 season or whatever you can pack it up and go test the free free market free agent market and get paid somewhere else, um, but that didn't quite work out as planned or at least as I thought it would. Um, but yeah, I agree. I'm stoked to see Chris Sale in a Red Sox uniform every day. He pitches is a, a event, um, so. I'm pleased, and if he's bad at the tail end of that deal whatever, he deserves the money, and he deserves the deal.
3: Alex Bregman signed a six-year, $100 million extension with the Astros. Uh, that, to me, seemed a little bit light for a player of his caliber, um, although he has had some injury issues. Of all the extensions that were handed out, this one and the Snell one were kind of the most confusing to me, but I wonder what you guys thought. Um Jake what did you think?
2: Sorry, I was on mute. Um it uh I thought it was smart by Alex Bregman because I believe it bought out a few of his arb years and I'm not positive how many of those arb years it bought out. Um but he gets let me see. Mm, I don't think I can tell that on here, but you know he's he's getting a good chunk of money uh for years where he would have been owned Uh, basically fighting for for his proper salary and i believe that uh it was three years that were bought out of his arbitration so i don't know i'm gonna try and check that while we're on here but it's always better to have the money up front and i think that this this whole trend that we saw here just kind of Speaks to what we have going on in baseball as guys are trying to get their money right now because I think that they're legitimately afraid that a labor stoppage is going to come in the next two years.
4: yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I would say I agree with Keaton that this this and the Snell deal were the um, sort of the most odd deals um, that came. They were a little odd and they were a little um, light it felt like um, but with Bregman, I mean a hundred mil. I guess I guess you could gotta take that <laughs> I mean I know I would and um, if it's true that it bought out, bought out the um, you know several R beards our beers uh, that's even better
2: yeah so I just found it here Mark Berman uh, of Fox tweeted out deal covers this year and three years he'd be eligible for arbitration plus the first two years Alex can become a free agent so really all he gave all he did was delay his arbitration. I Armina mean, has uh, his free agency by two years and guarantees himself $100 million.
4: Well, then I suppose that's pretty smart, Jake, huh?
2: I dig it.
3: <laughs> so, general philosophical question here. Do you think that the players are signing the deal because they expect guaranteed contracts are going to go away? And they want to get locked into guaranteed money now?
4: Hmm... I don't know if they expect guaranteed money to go away completely, but I think that there's enough concern over the fact that there is so many f- free agents not getting paid. Um, and then also I think teams are making uh, an effort to, to sort of say, Hey, even though we're taking away uh, free agency, uh, we're paying younger players now. That's what I see. A lot of these extensions as like Brandon Lowe, um, Blake Snell, Alex Burt, uh, Bregman. You know, I see these as deals as like the teams trying to put like a sort of redeem themselves a bit, but they're such, these deals seem to, so team friendly. I know that they're for young players that they're they're It's great to guarantee that money, but they're still really team friendly. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm wrestling with it. I'm pissed I'm pissed about it in a lot of ways because I feel like um I really don't like how teams are avoiding free agency and not paying players.
2: I actually don't know if I hate it um that much because like when you look at the the Snell deal on the surface it seems ridiculous that you could give 5 and 50 to the guy who just won the Cy Young, but when you look at it what you're doing there is you're buying out all of his arbitration years and just delaying his free agency by one season there and you're guaranteeing a guy 50 million dollars of earnings against you know injury and we know from talking to you know Dr. Mike on here that there's just no guarantees in this game it could be a shoulder it could be an elbow it could be a botched Tommy John I mean any of these things can happen to these guys at any time and 50 million is a good chunk of change here um, so I like it from that perspective and also the other thing that's not talked about enough is it avoids arbitration which itself I think can be damaging to player and team we've seen a lot of times that team and player create a lot of animosity against one another when they go to arbitration because essentially what you're doing is the team is arguing why they shouldn't pay you and what's wrong with you and you're arguing for why you should get paid and oftentimes uh, players come out feeling worse about Uh, their team than they would have otherwise Um, and what this does is you know it it might they might pay a little bit more up front for these guys and extend out that free agency a little bit but like now the Rays or the Astros don't ever have to say anything publicly like bad about their players in arbitration so there's something to be said for that
4: they should just pay them is my opinion. Um, I, I don't know. Like, you don't go to arbitration. Just pay your player. I think uh, a lot of times that, you know, I, I, it's just for me, it, the teams are the, the big bad corporate uh, entity. And, like, I see them um, locking up younger players like this. And I just, I, it's great. It's great to lock up that guaranteed money. But at the same time, it's just like, How many ways can you save money? Uh, Players deserve to get paid more, um, in my opinion. I know that sounds ridiculous, you know, as they're millionaires, but it's millionaires versus billionaires. And um, I just would like to, I just want to see the players get as uh, big a chunk of a pie as they can. And I feel like deals like this kind of rob them of that opportunity. And whereas I, I get what you're saying about sort of the relationship that comes with arbitration and the damage that it can do then the team should just be playing paying the players more that's that's where i'm at
3: paul goldschmidt signed an extension with his brandy new team five years 130 million dollars um this one was probably the least surprising of all the extensions we kind of assumed once saying
0: it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Lewis got their paws on him. This was going to happen, right?
2: Yeah, that was the assumption when they traded for him that at his age and with how good he is and the team he was going to that this was something that they would be working on basically as soon as he got traded. So no surprise. there. happy that they got that done. And Goldie was on a super favorable team deal for a while during some of his best seasons. So I'm really happy that he uh, is going to get himself a nice pay payday. Cause uh, that man deserves it.
4: Yeah. I totally agree with you on this one, Jake. Uh, and yeah, it's, it was, it was expected. I mean, um, and now the cardinals have a middle of the order bat for the next five years, so um yeah i'm I'm all for it and Keaton's all for it too. he told me
3: yes, Blake now <laughs> five fifty. we kind of touched on that one. We can probably move on uh Tampa also locked up Brandon Lowe or Lao however that's pronounced uh six years twenty four million dollars
2: couple of team options in there too
4: yeah he's the lao uh of the Lows. he's the lao. Um, this is great, I think, uh, in the sense that for fantasy players and that, you know, that he's probably going to get everyday playing time. So, um, I, you know, I think they have sort of a middle infield conundrum, um, with, uh, Joey Wendell and Daniel Robertson, um, and now Brandon Lau. Uh, so, uh, you know, this kind of deal, he's not going to be a bench player. He should be playing every day, whether it's in the outfield or in the infield. Um, so I, I think, um, for dynasty purposes, uh you've gotta be pleased if you own him right now.
2: Yeah, it seems like second base is his, uh, but there's always Vidal Bruhine lurking. My man.
4: My man.
2: And this this buys out like everything for him. He had he had full years of team control and ARB years bought out with this, so this is this is very team team friendly.
3: Well, it's good to see uh, a small market team get a win. (laughs) Uh, Eloy Jimenez signed a six-year, $43 million contract, and this is similar to Lau's. That buys out everything. All team control RBers at 43. And um, surprisingly cured all of Eloy's defensive issues as he'll now break camp. So it's weird how money is what uh, solved all of his defensive struggles.
2: Is that, uh, is that solid? Is he breaking camp? Yes. Woo! That's awesome.
4: That is awesome. It
2: is. We get let's to get, see get the a full year of Eloy Jimenez at the big league level. He's going to crush. Mm-hmm.
3: He's got a right next so. to
2: Moncada, for whatever that's worth. Uh, I hope he smashes Moncada with a bat. I hope one kind
4: of smashes him with a bat
2: I really hope that no violence with bats Is committed on each other
3: I hope they actually At the same time They'll connect with their bats And then a lightning bolt will strike And they'll switch bodies Because that's how those things work With the might of their swings colliding Seems like they should make a movie out of this
2: I
4: agree Mm, I'd watch it
3: we should start pitching this, guys. This is cold. What should we call it?
4: Yoan Monloy.
2: Freaky Southside day.
4: Yeah, I like that better. <laughs>
2: the
3: Southside Swapperoo. Oh, god right dang, You guys something. are good. <laughs> yeah. Justin Verlander also signed an extension. Uh, two years, $66 million. That seems to make a whole lot of sense for the Astros. I'm on board with that.
2: Yeah, that's an awesome deal. He's getting $33 million a year. Uh, I believe that makes him the highest paid pitcher in baseball in terms of AAV. Uh, It's only for a short period of time. And um, Houston has a ton of their pitchers coming up for free agency. Uh, Really soon, Garrett Cole and he were due for that, as well as Colin McHugh and I think maybe Peacock as well. A few of the guys that they have, so... They really did need to start locking some of these guys up. And hilariously enough, um, with all these extensions happening, uh, options are just shrinking for teams that used to rely on free agents really heavy. And you have to just sit here and laugh at teams that skipped on Harper and Machado as all these guys sign. And they're like, oh, we'll go after Arenado or we'll go after Trout or whatever. And they just keep signing. So it's awesome. Uh, And I hope that... All those stupid teams that just signed free agents start thinking more about their
3: behavior.
4: Yeah, I agree. I don't have much much more to add to that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Alrighty, so moving on to some other stuff. Uh, rumors: Kimbrel to Milwaukee or Atlanta? Is that back? That's happening. I thought that had died at one point. Makes sense for Milwaukee now that uh, Corey Kniebel's hurts.
2: Evil Kniebel.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, the the yeah, not I mean so. it makes
3: sense
2: for both teams.
4: Yeah. Um more so for Milwaukee, I think, at this point. Uh, although I don't know. Yeah. You know, the the, the Braves have got Max Freed in the bullpen,
2: Jake. Yeah, cool. Cool. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Ichiro retired. End of an era. That was uh that was a nice moment that he was able to do that in Japan. That was cool. I enjoyed that.
4: I enjoyed it too. Um and obviously my favorite ichiro moment now is is uh, seeing him uh in tokyo but um why do they play music live for these of these kind of moments it makes me so mad sometimes you'll see a big home run in the playoffs and they'll play like music like bam 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 da 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 like fuck off you don't need to engineer this stuff like just let it happen mlb and like with ichiro like that was such a great moment mucked up by your cheesy stupid music it made me really mad so i just i sorry i needed to get that out
3: i do not feel strongly about the music at all
4: really (laughs) it's awful (laughs) it's so awful it makes me so mad i just
3: Honestly, I didn't even notice it during that, like, as he's coming off and waving to the crowd and everything, until you mentioned it. I hadn't even noticed it.
4: Oh, God. It drives me nuts. You just don't play music. You don't need to, MLB. It's so cheesy. So cheesy.
3: Jake, do you care about music?
2: I don't care about music, but I care about Ichiro a whole lot. And I want to tell you my favorite moment about Ichiro. Okay. Um, So, uh, you know, when the Red Sox signed Daisuke Matsuzaka and he was like a big deal and he was coming over. um, Well, uh, a news guy, some beat reporter, asked uh, Ichiro what he thought about facing Daisuke Matsuzaka in April. And Ichiro was quoted as saying, I hope he arouses the fire that's dormant in the innermost recesses of my soul. I plan to face him with the zeal of a challenger. That's my favorite Ichiro
3: moment. That's pretty good. <laughs> he's such a nutbag. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's, 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 he's a little loopy. My favorite Ichiro moment was when Miami finally let him pitch after all these years about hearing how good a pitcher he was. That was fun. How did he do? Oh, that's a- I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember it was awesome seeing <laughs> my, him pitch. My
4: favorite moment is one that I don't remember.
3: Well, I mean the specifics of it. He got a strikeout on somebody.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, he had an absolute hose. He used to throw people out from right field all
3: the time. Yeah, I yeah. mean he was like the Cespedes before Cespedes. Oh, he had a way better arm than Cespedes.
4: He, he still's got a cannon. He threw. He made a fantastic throw um, in Tokyo. I mean, he still he still got it, except for the bat speed.
3: Oh, never mind. He didn't have a strikeout. He gave up. Uh, one run, two hits in an inning. Doesn't sound like he did that great. But it was still fun to watch. No and also, I, th- I think <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> I think, it made him, um, I think if I'm correct, that he got to play every position uh, in, the ML- in the MLB. He caught? I think he did. There's a way to verify this that I don't know, but I'm... I feel like... I'm v- pulling it up right now. I feel like I vaguely remember him playing every position now.
3: Nope. Uh, every position in the outfield and one inning at a pitcher.
1: Hmm.
4: Well, Left
3: field, center field, right field, pitcher for an inning.
4: Well, so that's swing swinging a miss on my part. I really thought I that was I think you true. were
3: thinking of Will Ferrell.
4: No, I wasn't thinking of Will Ferrell. <laughs> I mean, I know they're, they're very similar players, but... Uh, wasn't, hey, who invited wasn't who this I liar
2: figured. on the podcast?
3: Yeah, right.
4: They call me the Mr. Pants on. They call me Mr. Pants on fire.
2: So, do you, did you get any Ichiro swag when you were in Japan?
4: Natalie, uh, my, my wife, got uh, uh, Ichiro t-shirt. I did not get any swag. Nice. Yeah, I got an Oakland Athletics hat. That was my swag.
2: I saw you donning that hat. It looked pretty good.
4: Thank you. I uh, I really am bummed out because I missed out on a fantastic hat. That was the Swinging A's, uh, similar uh, to the hat I bought, but had Swinging on it, and uh, I didn't get it. And I'm quite bummed. I went, I, I it was before the game, and Kaz had messaged me, and I was like, "All right, uh, I'm going to go see Kaz. I'll I'll come out after and get this." And then I went back after you guys, and guess what? It was gone. Sold out. Sold out.
2: Did you get any uh, Nippon professional uh, swag?
4: No, I so it's um, it, Tokyo is home to the Giants, and so all the swag was Giant swag. They barely had anything for um, Nippon, which was a bummer because uh, they're fun to watch.
3: Jason Hamill also retired. Guys, what's your favorite Jason Hamill moment? None. Zero. When he got traded to Oakland from Chicago? Yeah. He traded back. Didn't he get traded back? Yeah.
4: Uh, I don't know if he got traded back. I think he was signed.
3: Yeah, I think it was that deal. Yeah, I don't care about Jason Hamill. <laughs> Good luck. All right, option back to the minors. Ian Happ. That one is a little bit surprising, is it not?
4: Yeah, no, super surprising. I, I thought he had really established himself as a major leaguer. Um, and he's talented, too. I mean, he's got his flaws in his game. He strikes out way too much, but makes elite contact when he does connect with the ball and is uh, multi-position eligible. And I I really, uh, I I didn't understand it really. I'm sure maybe he had a bad spring, but um, don't the years before kind of matter?
3: I would think so.
2: I I find that some of the Cubs um, personnel decisions to be kind of strange. You know, I, I just, um, I think they're a little short sighted sometimes with what they choose to do with their players. And, uh, you know, this is a team we talked about a few years ago as this budding dynasty, uh, and they have traded away or screwed up a lot of their prospects uh, that they did have. So I don't know. I don't know about the Cubs. I think, uh, they, they won their world series and, uh, I'm not sure how much longer this whole thing is going to stick together and
3: and be great. Still have Nico Horner though. They do. Yeah, they've got Nico. Is Nico
4: Horner gonna? Is he going to make the roster? You guys think?
2: Probably
3: no. not. But it seems like it's not going to. I mean, they keep playing him at the big league games here at the end of spring training, so it makes you feel like they're going to try and fast track him, and maybe we see him this year. Yeah. I mean, who knows?
4: I think that's probably. I think that's probably about right.
3: Willie Calhoun also optioned. That one was kind of surprising too.
4: He had himself a pretty poor spring. Did he spring, come though.
2: in as? Did he come in as a chunky boy again?
4: Mm, I don't know. The not best shape of his life, boy. I'm no, not quite sure. I don't, Big ball, I don't chunky that
2: time. B- <laughs> that's his thing. Is he's a, he's a chunkster who can't really uh, he chomped. field any positions. You know.
3: He's uh, he's yeah. thick.
4: He's thick, but he's supposed what to he hit. Sees. But he uh he struggled. It's tough to uh, play
3: the uh the old two bag when you're thick. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know. We got any recent images of him?
3: Uh nope I, mean, do- I just ended up looking uh big ball chunky time again. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, is there a better name for a Texas ball player than Willie Calhoun? Mm,
2: not not many. Not unless it was Tex from
3: Missouri, <laughs> from East Westerton, Missouri. Yes, sir.
4: Um, what is Big Ball Chunky time?
3: Oh my God, you don't get that?
4: No, I don't. I don't know what that is.
3: It was on like the uh, MLB official MLB store in Korea. Yeah, on their like official MLB shop in Korea, there's like a little mural of like some memorabilia, and it says it's Big Ball Chunky time. <laughs>
2: I don't understand
3: what it means, but I have seen the two I. But I love it.
2: <laughs> it's just got. It's like a picture of different shoes with team names.
3: Yeah, I think it's like Korea's version of Big Boy season. It's big ball chunky time. I love I'm, it.
4: I'm super into it. Big big ball chunky time.
3: Yeah, that probably needs to be a team name. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. All right. I'll, w- I'll take it. Winning, winning some spots on a major league roster, uh, I'll just rattle them off, and then we can circle back to one that you want to touch on. Uh, Brendan Woodruff and um, Peralta in Milwaukee both get in the squad. It looks like both of them and Corbin Burns are all going to get to start, which is fun. Jung Ho Gung uh, got the third base job at Pittsburgh. Pete Alonzo and Dom Smith both made the Mets roster. Blake Swihart going to get some... Legit at bats, and Matt Weiders made the Cardinals. So, any of those things you want to talk about? Woody Woodruff. Yeah, yeah I'm so, so stoked pumped. he made it. Uh,
2: he's like the official pitcher of the Dynasty Guru. Um, I think every single person who played in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational uh, drafted him, <laughs> and I know that I got him super late as a flyer and i was just waiting for this moment and i i think that he is like a dark horse to be the best pitcher for milwaukee this year in their starting rotation so i'm super stoked about this
4: yeah Yeah. he's got he's got easy gas uh he's a delight to watch um if he can get that third pitch working for him he's gonna be something special i think um in uh, the Great Fantasy uh, Baseball Invitational, I actually drafted Woodruff and Burns back-to-back. <laughs> so I'm quite pleased that they both made the rotation.
3: Well, I'll one-up you because I drafted uh, Woodruff, Peralta, and Burns. <laughs> Just want to make sure Adel- <laughs> wow, this is covered for who was going to get the wow. rotation spot. <laughs> that's amazing, nice. and they all made it. <laughs> that worked out. Yeah, that's nice.
2: All right. I also like uh Pete Alonzo though making making uh the Mets uh, right out of camp I think that's huge and I think that's a huge statement for the Mets too and uh the new ownership or well, not the new ownership the new leadership I should say under Brody van Wagenen. so Brody uh, really like that uh he's gonna he's gonna do some damage this year he's a beast
4: yeah that's gonna be a fun fun season to watch.
2: The Mets just, will make the playoffs this year. No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean if the pitching staff stays healthy, I could see it. It's not outrageous.
4: No, it's not outrageous. They have a they've definitely got an interesting squad. Um it, the moves they made this offseason um gave them an actual good lineup. I just don't have faith in um, the pitching staff being able to stay healthy.
2: All right, Pete Alonso Shirzy sure bet.
4: Okay, count me in. You know I'm I'm one for gambling on this show. Yeah. Okay. Pete Alonzo Shirzy Bet.
3: What's the bet? Oh, the Mets make the playoffs. Got it.
4: Got it, you got it? Keaton, do you have it?
3: Pete Lock it in. Alonzo, Scherzi, Mets <laughs> make playoffs. Jake Oh this is great radio. Don't make playoffs. Mhm mhm Patrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy bet number 5. Boom. Lock that shit. It's in.
4: A, It's not crazy, it's dumb, Keaton. You're dumb.
2: Uh, you know what they say? <laughs> never bet against the Mets.
4: <laughs> that is that's is not what they say.
2: <laughs> that is something they've never said.
4: There's a song I like where they say um at least the Mets are getting laid. So that's something.
3: Okay. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> How About that. Hey, Patrick. You know who's not a swinging athletic?
4: Who's not a swinging athletic?
3: Matt Olson, because he's hurt. Uh,
4: can we just take a moment here? <laughs> was can a we just rough. take? Can we take? Can we take a moment in here and just grieve? I want to just grieve over Matt Olson's lost season. And I just want—I'll talk one. to the listeners. Pour one out. Let for me the just homies. talk. Let me just talk to the listeners for a second I just want to Are you okay? It's going to be okay This is what baseball does You become a masochist when you're a baseball fan And You just have to deal with this hurt It's going to be a a season Full of hurt now Because I don't think he even has a handmate bone now I think they just took it out of his body Is that correct, Keaton?
3: That is correct
4: So, breathe easy Sure. Now you got to watch a full season of, well, it's only four to six weeks and then he's coming back, but he's not going to be himself. He's not going to hit for power. He's not going to be who he was.
0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
4: And you just got to accept it. I'm definitely not talking about myself. I'm talking to you about you and you needing to accept it, not me. Okay, there we go.
2: Well, he's not the only injured, eh? There's Jesus Lazardo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way to steal my uh, thunder, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a,
4: it was a tragic series of events, those two getting hurt. I love both those players so much.
2: Yeah, it's not like that they were two of the more important players on the Oakland Athletics or anything. <laughs>
4: Uh <laughs> can't
3: talk wait, about it. Wait. Wait.
4: Waiting. Waiting. Waiting.
3: Keep keep waiting.
4: I, I don't want to wait anymore. I feel like this bit's worn off. Oh, boy.
3: I really should that have was, that sad trombone handy.
4: Uh, that was really worth it.
3: Yeah. Just about as exciting as the uh, watching the athletics is going to be this year. Rich Hill has a <laughs> knee issue. Tragic. Sorry, Patrick.
4: That's all right.
3: Uh, Rich Hill has a knee issue, uh, and there are some who believe that's not real.
2: Yep. Our own Mike, Dr. Mike, believes this is a bit of gamesmanship by the Los Angeles Doyers.
3: Wouldn't be the first time. Corey Kniebel, he has UCL damage, not a full tear, partial tear, uh, hurry up and sign Greg Agree. Andrew Heaney We talked about on the last pod But still a bummer Dylan Batantis Shoulder fatigue No timetable for return Not a great sign He says he doesn't feel any pain He just feels weak That's time not
4: great him. Time to dump him Everywhere you got him You gotta get rid of him That's my yep. call
3: You can find holes somewhere else and then Scooter Jeanette a severe groin strain. I believe I saw six to eight weeks on that. That's not good.
2: I I even saw as many as eleven. I wouldn't Whoa. be surprised if it's a full three months with that sucker. Thanks. It's it's real bad. I guess that thing popped when he was running around, and yeah, it seems that tends awful. to not
3: be a good thing. No, um,
2: and you need your legs under you to hit. So it sucks because this is his year. He was about to. Uh, go into free agency next year, so he uh, he could have used a big one here. But um, yeah, I'm bummed. I love I love Scooter.
4: Jake, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you sure you need your legs under you to hit? Are you sure?
2: I am fairly positive, but there is that guy from uh, Mario who's always on the cloud who like throws mm-hmm. off those little spiky okay. guys. And exactly I like where I was going. Without his legs. All right. Okay. We're, We're on the on same page same then. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I thought. He, I think his name is Lakitu.
3: I don't My know mind went to uh, Kenny Kawaguchi. Yep, it is
2: Lakitu and Spiny.
3: Kenny's and in a wheelchair.
2: Lakitu is known in Japan as Jujem. He's a flic- fictional flying character in the Mario franchise, and he throws off Spineys. Hmm. Huh. So, yeah, he doesn't need the, legs. The more you know.
3: <laughs> yep. Although Kenny Kawaguchi, I'm looking at his stats. He was a much better pitcher, apparently, than he was a hitter. He has four baseballs for pitching, but only two for hitting. So maybe that wheelchair affected him. Anyway, could be a good bunter.
4: Let's tra- let's transition. I got it. Bah, bah, bah. Burn
3: <laughs> that, our fantasy teams now as we enter the fantasy league segment. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, both our teams for the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational and the Dynasty Child Listener League. So what we're going to do is talk about a little bit of our strategy, go around the horn, talk about our best values, our biggest reaches, and our favorite picks, uh, just to give you a little bit of strategy insight into how we did. Uh, I will start with... uh, We'll do the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational first, and I'll start. So... um, We had a question a while back about what our strategy is and um, for going into these drafts I tend to just kind of take what the draft gives me which I had noted usually leads to me losing out on saves uh, and that is precisely what happened. Uh, With this team um, just kept going trying to go best available until we got down to the very end. I need to fill out positions uh, and the first closer we took was Archie Bradley, <laughs> very late, uh, and he's not even guaranteed to have that job. So we paired that with Jose Alvarado, um, and those are all the saves I got. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, steals also usually tends to fall by the wayside with that strategy, but um, actually pretty rounded with steals. So I feel pretty good about that. But uh, that was kind of how I went into it, was just looking for... Um, Kind of the best value available at the picks and rounds we were going. Kind of uh, kept an eye on where people who I wanted what their ADP was looking like in other leagues, which was pretty handy since we were well behind most of the other leagues uh, in our drafting. So that was I was able to kind of cultivate some information on their ADPs and where people were going, and use that as to piece together the team that I put together. And I like it. I'm, I'm pretty happy with how the squad turned out. Uh, my biggest reach or sorry, best value was Yassiel Puig, Uh, took him 75th, which was uh, 23% lower, or higher, I guess, than uh, the rest of the leagues, which is pretty good, Uh, particularly with him being in uh, Great American Ballpark. I feel spectacular about that pick. Biggest reach um, is also actually combined into my favorite pick, because... Coming into round four and five, uh, all catchers on the board, since we're playing NFBC rules this year, it's a two-catcher league, so we scooped up the best two available. We went with uh, Gary Sanchez and JT Realmuto back-to-back and covered the catchers, and as you guys know, I love catchers, so I was pretty stoked that we uh, we took a chance and just went back-to-back the first and you know, two catchers off the board, uh, and we were picking 15th, so the picks were uh on the turn back to back which was fun so those are my favorite picks
4: i like it i, I mean um minus you know the the saves obviously but overall I, I still like your team
3: thanks friend how about yours what was your strategy and such
4: me are you talking to me
3: yeah you the one who was just talking
4: yeah <laughs> my strategy uh i tried to really go um tried to have a really round squad not as in like physically round but like rounded like made sure I was competitive in every category I could. Um, Some things that ended up happening because of that is I got Paxton as my ace um, because pitching just flew off the board and I was pick 15 and so by the third round Paxton was as close to an ace as I was going to get so I grabbed him and there's obviously uh, injury concern there but We'll see, because um, overall with my, my pitching, my philosophy was uh, whip over ERA. So I ended up getting guys like Bieber, Hill, uh, and Parcello, um, and just really focusing on whip as uh, as my main strategy instead of ERA. Um, so hopefully that works. Uh, <laughs> um, saves, I didn't do so well either. Um, I ended up grabbing Will Smith and Michael Givens. And then andrew miller so i'm hoping that um the three of them pick up enough saves for me to remain competitive um my two favorite picks that i made uh i grabbed gallo in um pretty late the seventh round um so that was quite quite nice um got woodruff and burns back to back and then i did um Lau and Lowe back-to-back I drafted Brandon Lau and Nathaniel Lowe and I'm I'm quite pleased with the Lau pick um because of the recent signing so um also Max Reed because he's good right Jake
2: that guy sucks
4: he does not suck you suck he's great
3: I'm going
4: to check on this one. Oh, my God. You guys are so wrong. Wait till you, wait till you see that nasty curveball from left-hand side. throwing. He throws like 93.
2: You got it. Yeah, it's really going to hurt when we get plugged by that 85-mile-an-hour fastball.
4: Oh, program. my God. He does not throw 85. You throw uh, 85.
2: Oh, no. I wish I threw 85.
4: <laughs> Anyways, that was my strategy. Jake, what, what did you go in with thinking?
2: Uh, so, I'm not... Uh, someone who plays Roto Leagues, almost ever, um, usually play head-to-head, and uh, usually play in Dynasty Leagues too, so I do to play a whole lot of Redraft. Uh, so this was very unfamiliar for me, so I made a very strong effort to try and draft a well-rounded team, um, because I think that's something you can get away with in head-to-head, is you know not focusing so much on all the different categories. Uh, and things that I tend to ignore when I'm drafting in leagues that I'm familiar with is um, speed. I really don't chase speed much uh, I will oftentimes wait on pitching a little bit longer um and yeah uh saves uh kind of like Keaton, I will often wait on saves because especially in a dynasty league that's just something you find later um however, here I felt like I needed to be more aggressive so um, I took two out of my first three picks. My second and third round picks were actually pitchers uh, in this league. I went Snell and Kluber back-to-back, which was a little unusual for me. Um, and I tried to draft players with speed. Um, however, that quickly fell apart uh, for me. Uh, after taking bets with the first pick, uh, I just kept missing on guys who had a speed component to their game um, almost every time. So I really didn't end up with much speed uh, on my team, which is certainly going to be the biggest weakness. Um, In terms of um, my biggest value, or is it value or reach? Which one of these do I do first?
3: Whatever your heart desires?
2: Um, By the numbers, my biggest value was Corey Kluber who I got at 21% better than the average. I got him in the third round with the 32nd pick. Um, but I actually think that um, my biggest value might have been Randall Grichuk, who I got all the way down at pick 212. And I think that Grich is a guy who's going to play every day and hit 30 home runs. So I think he's going to be really valuable uh, in this format. So I was psyched about getting him. Um, My biggest reach, uh, the computers tell me it was Odubel Herrera, whom I picked uh, 209, um, which is 15% higher than other people. Um, But again, I kind of feel like it was uh, Josh Donaldson, whom I picked 89th overall. Um, Josh Donaldson's a guy I own a ton of leagues this year um, and someone who I think is going to return really high value. I took him in the sixth round. Um, I think he's going to have a huge year, and I like that he's on a one-year deal. Um, And my favorite pick is definitely a Brandon Woodruff um, because I took Woodruff, let's see, I took him all the way down in the 22nd round, 329th overall. Uh, And I think that that is going to end up being one of the better picks that I made.
3: So overall, how do we feel about our squads, league champion, overall champion, contender? Jake, where, where do you where do you feel your squad sits?
2: Um, I don't have my usual bravado um, with this particular team, um, just because I'm so unfamiliar with the format. Um, but I do think that I'm going to be in the running to win my league. Um, that's my goal. My goal is certainly not to, you know, be one of the better teams in the entire tournament but if I could win my league I'd feel really good about that and I think I constructed a team that can can do it.
3: I agree. I think I'm in the same place and the, this this team so um I I was actually the only one from uh the Dynasty Guru Dynasty Guru that was in it last season. Uh Paul was in it last season but it wasn't for the Dynasty Guru so we're not going to count him. Uh and my draft was terrible. It was a freaking nightmare. I took a lot of chances on guys that did not Pan out um, I kind of panicked because like you said Jake normally I don't do Roto and I I don't Do redraft and this was both of those And I just had a god awful draft So I feel much better About this squad and I think that I can contend For uh, the league title In, in league 18 and um, Maybe finish the best Out of uh, all of the TDG Writers we got going here
4: Well you're wrong because I'm going to finish Above you but um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i feel i feel really confident about my team i expect to um to be in the running to win my league and i'm i'm hoping to place within the top 50 of um the whole show to ch- 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 dig so i feel pretty confident i like my team a lot
3: i would Pat- say you are confident yeah patrick
2: finished 54th on their rank projections i finished 150 and you finished
3: 274, Keaton. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the, the pitching staff that I have is all luck. It's either going to work, and it's going to work like a charm, or it is going to be an absolute disaster. But the projections do not like my pitching. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, That's for sure. I'm Patrick, it has you being weak in runs and wins, and it has Keaton. Uh, where are you? You are... Has you weak
3: in, ooh, a lot. uh Uh Yeah, the pitching staff is going to be fun to watch.
2: Yeah, basically has you as really solid in home runs and runs. Mm -hmm. uh, And everything else is kind of a weakness. And for me, it has me weak in home runs, runs, RBI, and stolen bases and strong in everything else. so um, Which is weird because, like, I think they're assuming that guys who I think are going to have good years are going to have shit years. Like, I think they're assuming that we're not going to get a big season from Josh Donaldson and George Springer and, like, a lot of the guys that I drafted who I think are going to supply my power. So it just, who knows? We're going to have to see.
3: Yeah, well, you know what they say about computers. What? Fuck them. They were made to be broken.
2: Oh. Oh. That's much nicer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Uh, all right, so that's a good segue into the wonderful Dynasty's Child Listeners League. Um, and so I'll kick it off again with that. But one thing we didn't want to know, all three of us noted that uh, the fun part about drafting with a bunch of people who listen to your fantasy advice is that they end up taking all the players that you want. So this made for a very interesting draft. And a lot of guys that we thought we could get later went a lot earlier and we were kind of bummed about I lost out on my boy Vidal Bruhan. I was a little broken up about that. But, you know, we soldier on. Uh, as far as the strategy for this one, I had absolutely none. Uh, I had a couple people reach out to me and ask me what the fuck I was doing in this draft. Because I started off with five of my first six picks were pitchers. Uh, and my strategy was I just wanted to get guys that I didn't have shares of that I really wanted to own. And so my draft started out <clears throat> as such.
4: I was a little concerned for you. I was like, what are you doing with all these young young pitchers? You're just asking for a heartbreak.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I went with Bregman first. At, so I was drafting this 20-team league, uh, 5 by 5 with saves plus holds and OBP. Uh, and so I was drafting from the 9-hole. First pick, Bregman, felt fine with that. And then I rattled off uh, Walker Bueller, Jack Flaherty, Michael Kopeck, Brent Honeywell, uh, all just <laughs> in, the, in the next group of picks because I wanted to own them. So I reached super high to get them and really baffled several people with what that approach was. But uh, And then I followed it up with uh, Austin Meadows and Francisco Mejia and A.J. Puck. So I just, I went I mean, I, I don't even know how to exactly describe what I did with this draft, but it, it just, throughout the entire draft, it was just hashtag get your guy. That was pretty much my approach to this one. Uh, so my biggest reach um, is probably all of those pitchers, I would say. Uh, and then my favorite picks is, again, probably all those pitchers. So I'm ready to have a blast in this, this league in a couple of years when they're all playing. <laughs> I sure like your pitchers. What's that? I really like your pitchers. Yeah, it's going to be fun as you know as long as they don't all die.
4: Yeah, um, you're definitely going to lose one of them. You're going to get heartbreak somewhere. Um I, I yeah. your team is really interesting to me. Um I love the my favorite pick you made is uh Grail Jr. I think that was kind of a late, a late sneaky grab. Yeah. You got my boy That's Tay nice. Oscar on there. Your boy, Austin Meadows. Yep. How's that got Greg Bird chair going to gonna really work out
3: two. for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, apparently he's going to make the opening day squad. So he I is? Mean, I guess there's that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that uh, even though um, What's-His-Face said that only one of them was going to make it, they both, Voight and Bird, both had really good springs, and now they're going to carry them both.
4: Hmm, interesting. Well yeah. then the void bird drama continues.
3: Yep. I also believe I'm rostering in total uh, six catchers between my <laughs> major league and minor league. So that's fun. A, to... that's a, your,
4: draft, your draft is like what what way can I hurt myself? In what way can I hurt myself? Let me get all the catching prospects and all the pitching prospects and then just break my own heart. Oy.
3: Yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm just having a blast. I'm happy to be here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I went typical Patrick in this draft where it was uh, bats, 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 and then uh, went with pitching late. Uh, took a lot of chances on young pitchers, kind of hoping swinging for upside with them. I really like my team as a whole. Um, I think it's pretty well-rounded. It, obviously, my bats come first, but... Um, took some chances on some young pitchers like Corbin Burns, uh, Brandon Woodruff. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you noticed Jake, but I drafted Max Fried just so you could, uh, be jealous that he's on my team.
2: Yeah, it worked so well. I've been shaking <laughs> my fist at you since.
4: Uh, my team name is no dynasty Ulfer old men. Also inspired by Jake, um, because jake just drafts old your men. whole team
2: is in a front to me <laughs> it
4: is a little bit in in some sense yes um but i went with uh, acuna uh third overall uh you know i just think that he's got the speed and power balance that's right underneath uh bets and trout and worth worth a third pick um yeah, I got Voight on my team. I got a lot of the, the Patrick Magnus staples. Jesus Aguilar is on my team. Um, really like drag. I think I got Seeger in the third round or fourth round. i um, pretty happy with that. And uh, prospects are kind of meh, to be honest with you. Um, but I did score uh, Darwin's and Hernandez uh, on the pod live. So I'll take it.
2: Yeah, that was awesome. That's a good pick. <laughs> Thanks. Your team was, is befuddling to me, but you drafted the anti-me team, so I think that is uh, something that was very much on purpose. <laughs>
4: yeah, I, I mean, known dynasty for old men, yeah. It is the anti u team for yeah. sure. I, I think yeah. that I'll do well offensively. Um, I really need things to break right with my pitching to have any chance. Um Colin McHugh has got to be good. Ronaldo Lopez has got to be good somehow. Uh, Kenton Mayeda needs to pitch the entire year. Corbin Burns can't struggle at all. You know, I just my pitching is uh, a mess. But if it if, if you it need breaks right,
3: pitchers Patrick, I got you.
4: Yeah, uh, well, he does. I got he some. Really does I did get some late deals. I thought. Um, in Barreto and Didi Gregorius, um, I thought, I thought those two guys, they fell quite late. Uh, Didi especially, I have him, um, in my top 10 for Dynasty shortstops, so, I and I got him quite late. I know he's injured, he's going to miss half the season, but it felt like a steal to me. Um, so actually, you know, if you're looking for a young shortstop, Keaton, maybe we can make a deal.
3: I'm currently starting, um, Dansby Swanson.
4: Well, maybe we can make a deal. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> my team name is Hambone Fake Namington which again is a Bojack Horseman reference
2: I got that one because well, of the picture uh, <laughs> I think uh, I, I liked how my draft went quite a bit uh, In this league I ended up getting uh, Juan Soto With the 10th pick in the draft Which I was just super psyched about uh, my, my strategy going in uh, Which is usually my strategy For Dynasty Leagues but I think I was a little bit more aggressive with this this time was to try and get a well sort of balanced team between productive players now and stocking it with really strong prospects. And usually I don't focus as much on prospects as I did this time, but I was just kind of going with what the draft gave me. Uh, After Soto at 10, I got Snell in the second round, which I was stoked about. And then I drafted some really solid bats, Rizzo, Springer, Votto. Uh, following up Vado was actually my favorite value pick or my favorite pick i should say um because i got him in the fifth round uh 100 and what was it a 90th overall which i thought was really low for him um also my best value pick was probably kershaw uh who i got 111th overall because people were just petrified of him yeah uh, that was the sixth round um And my biggest reach, but I don't care because I love him, was George Valera. I got him in the ninth round, 170th overall. But I think that if I hadn't taken him there, he would have been gone. You're
3: right, on the very next pick, which was mine.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and this is with Valera in the ninth round is where I started being super aggressive. So after Valera, I took Jonathan India in the 10th round, Trevor Larnock in the 11th round, Then I took one pitcher. And then in the 13th round, I took Mark Vientos. Uh, 15th round, Jazz Chisholm. Um, 17th round, I couldn't believe he was still there. I took Matthew Libertor. um, And then I ended up taking Brian Rocchio in the 20th round. Tristan Casas in the 21st. I have an absolutely stacked farm system uh, on this league. And um, a lot of these guys that I got late, I like too. I like... Andrew Kisner, I like Brady Singer, uh Santillian, Will Smith, Hans Kraus, Parker Meadows. Um I have a really super stacked farm, so I'm I'm psyched about the way the team panned out, and I think I have the ability to win it this year and years to come. So uh job job well done for me on this team, I think.
3: Yeah, I like your balance too. It's really good. And particularly with uh Valera and Libertor. Those were both guys I had at the top of my queue that you took and uh, sniped me on the very pick before I was going to get them, and I was kind of bummed about that.
2: You know what? I, In retrospect, Keaton, the guy who I wish I took when I took India is the guy who you took directly after, which was Joey Bart. I wish I had taken Bart instead <laughs> of India.
3: I love Joey Bart.
2: I know you do. You own him in every single league I'm in with you. <laughs> yep. Oh.
4: I wish I could own him in every single league, but I'm in those leagues with Keaton, so.
2: Yep. Patrick, were you surprised on how aggressive I was on prospects in this league?
4: I was a little surprised. Um, I'm not quite as high um, on your team as you and Keaton are. Um, I like your bats a lot, and I love your farm system, but I think your pitching is kind of suspect um, outside of uh, Snell, obviously. Um, But – Julio Tehran and uh, you know Rick Porcello. As much as I love him, uh, you, you know that's a four ERA or close to it. Um, yeah, you know I'm not a believer in Mike Miner, um, hurt, so right? I, yeah. So I just I kind of feel like your 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 starting pitchers are suspect. Um, which obviously you can you can move uh, these prospects and maybe get yourself something better. But um, lo- love your bats though.
3: <laughs> Thanks, man. So Jake, what's your team name? Uh, I think it's gonna have to be
2: uh, that that Korean baseball ad. Big ball time. <laughs> Big ball yes. Time. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Now I'll wrap it up with some rapid fire listener questions. Uh, first up, Evan asks, is Patrick okay? Sort of. Okay. Uh, Yancey asks, are we alone? To which I say 100% no, we are not.
4: Probably not. I'm
3: with you. Ethan asks, is Fernando Romero worth owning? Uh, in very very deep leagues, maybe 20 teamers sure uh, he has interesting stuff but he has way 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 too many walks He just hasn't gotten better with them so uh, until he does, I would stay away in shallower leagues.
4: Could be an interesting arm in the bullpen there multi- inning relief could uh, could help in ratios and strikeouts. Um, but I'm with Keaton you need to be um, it's got to be a really deep league and uh, you need to watch him. I would have him probably start him on my bench.
3: Jake, thoughts? I agree with Keaton. Fantastic. Jay asks us, uh, best case scenario for Joe Adele and Chris Paddock? Uh, I would say best case for Chris Paddock is a Cy Young. Seems fair. <laughs> yeah, I
4: like it. Seems a little <laughs> aggressive, but...
1: Uh,
4: <coughs> um, yeah, I mean, best case for... Uh, for Paddock, I think is you know um, 150 innings of uh, amazing baseball.
3: Yeah, bunch of strikeouts, keeping the walks low, uh, three five ERA. Seems one thing pretty good.
2: One thing to note about Paddock, though, is as excited as we are about him, um, he didn't throw a ton of innings last year, so he's going to be on a pretty strict innings limit, I'd assume.
3: Aren't we all on an innings limit in life? Yeah, I definitely feel that way. I'm not. Joe Adele, anybody thoughts on him?
4: Uh no, not really. I mean he's a fantastic baseball player. Um I'm worried about the K's. Uh he needs more time in the minors in my opinion. I don't think he's ready for major leagues. Um so if he was to get the call this year, um I'm not expecting him to um to be a dominant force uh in the majors.
3: I agree. Yeah, he's not I don't think he's gonna get the call this year. Dan in Toronto says, hey guys, I play in a 14-team keeper league and I'm looking forward to 2020 uh, and would like to know which players currently outside the first two rounds could you reasonably expect to make the jump next year? Uh, For me, we already talked about one of them, George Valera. I think he's going to make a massive jump next year. Probably not be in the majors in 2020, but I expect him to be... um, Shoot, Jake, what did we... We both said, like, maybe top 25 prospect in the game this this point next y- year. Yeah,
2: I think that's very safe to yeah. uh, to say.
3: I think he's going to take a massive jump. And uh, my boy, uh, again, for, like, the eighth time on this pod, Vidal Bruhan, He uh, um, did take a jump.
4: Are we, are we sticking with, with prospects?
3: I don't know, whoever, however you want to interpret it.
4: Okay. Uh, I like Zach Collins to, to be a major league catcher next year, as early as next yeah, year. That's um, and I think in OBP formats, you could see him uh, his stock rise quite a bit.
3: Ooh, I got one then. Matt Thace. Ooh. I bet he's he's racking up some nice at-bats at first base for the Angels of 2020. That's a good one. Michael Chavis. Chavis, Chavis. Chavis
4: baby. Chavis,
3: baby. All right, well that'll do it.
4: That's the pod. Pod is now over. Um, the, the pod is this- over. CD skipping. It's that same for us for Against me, anybody? No? If it's not Eagles, we don't care. Alright. keaton you wanna wrap <laughs> up this pod? <laughs>
3: Uh, This has been Dynasty's Child, part of the Dynasty Guru website. Uh, I've been your fill-in host because Patrick didn't want to talk, although he did want to sing. Uh, You can find all of us at the Dynasty Guru where uh, I just released my latest Keaton Reel, which was my StatCast darlings, uh, people that uh, StatCast thought should have been better, and I kind of dug into a little bit uh, as to why StatCast thought they should have done better, and uh, maybe they will, maybe they won't. We also released the triple play for Baltimore on Tuesday, and we have the triple play for Boston coming out this Tuesday. Uh, Jake, what what the hell do you have going on?
2: Well, funny you should ask. Uh, As as you are listening to this podcast, the Locked On Red Sox podcast will have launched. It launches uh, on the 25th, Um, so... Just about to launch Uh, I record my first one tomorrow So I'm super stoked about that Um, So that's going to be coming out Every day and then these two fools Are going to be joining me on the Red Seat podcast Which is going to be weekly And uh, we got lots of uh, Lots of Red Sox talk So get on it Get on it people
3: follow me (laughs) Patrick what are you doing
4: Uh, I'm going to be on the Red Seat Eventually weekly and uh just writing those triple plays and tweeting about how mad i am about uh the music and that major league baseball plays over great moments
3: (laughs) and adam has also been living that tp life with us uh you can find all of us on twitter you can find patrick at the green magnus you can find myself at the spoken keats you can find jake at dev jake and you can find adam at at the Statcast era uh, that is going to do it for us. It's done. You can stop listening, but as always, be the best bird dog you can be Ta-ka! rough.